Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS with a K, the numeral for kids. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. Rebound Capella, Williams took it away and puts it down on a two-handed slam dunk by Patrick Williams. 29-27 Atlanta by two, underneath, and a backdoor cut. Patrick Williams from Kobe White with a slam. Left side, open three by Williams, got it. Another vedette, Patrick Williams, put back two-handed dunk, weak side, baseline left, Patrick Williams with a slam. Things that are working for me are kind of the same things that's working for us, just playing with energy, getting stops, playing fast, getting out and running, and just playing with energy, just making plays. Sounds so easy when you put it that way. Patrick Williams doing what we wanted to do. It started with the, the very first sequence that where we saw him with a steal right under the basket and an emphatic right-hand dunk. Love Patrick it. Williams averaging 14 points per game over his last four games. Had a career rebounding night last night. Incredible balance for the Bulls yesterday. 26 for DeRozan, 20 for Zach, Vooch with 19 and 17, P-Will with 18 and 10, Kobe with 10, Caruso with 12. It was the way they guarded the three-point line. It all started with defense. Everything that went well for the Bulls started with communication and spacing and awareness on defense. That's what it's got to look like. Because say what you want about Trey Young, man, just guard him. The Bulls have learned that lesson. Even last year when Io was having good nights against him. Just guard him. Just know where he is. Stay in front of him. He'll get dumb. He'll take a bunch of clankers against you. And it's not quite like Killian Hayes did in Paris. Ooh, boy, is he bad at shooting. But you can you can keep training. That's not Steph. Right. It's He's not Steph. It's not even Steph light. Like, I, I know people kind of try to put him in that category. He's not... He's more of a reckless player than Steph is by a factor of three or four. I mean, he's great at getting fouled, but if you are disciplined and if you, and he'll, he will take some terrible shots. He really will. And he did so last night. Like it was, um, it was a good win for the Bulls and they've been in a really good place. Like over the, the last week, it's crazy though. Like here we are, what, what are they now? 22 and 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tonight's their first opportunity for a four game win streak this season because they've been so up and down. Uh, yesterday was cool, man. I I went over to remember when I went and I talked with Derrick Rose a few weeks ago. I was 
I was at the United Center, and I was just saying, like, if we don't have, like, anything live on, you know, at, at 6 o'clock, because, you know, the Parking the Spiegel show ends, and if, if there's a 7 o'clock tip, it's like, I, I told Mitch, like, I can just, I'll do two segments. I'm already there. And then go home. Right. Then I'll go home and I'll watch the game. But I'm already there gathering intel, talking to people. Just set it up. I, I, and Rich did a great job. Rich Wyatt like set me up right there courtside. And I was able to see and talk to people. And Chuck like squired me around. He was like, hey, you, you want to talk with Mo Cheeks? And I was like, how would you like to meet Mo Cheeks? And I was like, I very much would like to talk with him. And so sat there with Mo Cheeks for a few minutes. We talked basketball and Chicago and South Side stuff, and it was great. Good man, Mo Cheeks. Yeah, I'm, he is. I know he doesn't do a lot of interviews, but uh, back, that 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 guy put in the the work. I mean, that, that's, that's a Hall of Famer who went an assistant coach in the CBA. Yeah, to to get his feet wet as a pro coach. Chuck was asking him how many games he played. Because DeMar hit the 1,000-game milestone. And then it got into a conversation of, well, wait, how many games has LeBron played? And how many games did Kareem play? And it was fun, like, kind of going back and forth. And then Bill came over, and Bill was talking about that on the broadcast last night. But I'm sitting there on the court. And, you know, I've been in the business 25 years. It's hard to for me to get starstruck. Like, that doesn't happen although it happens more when I'm outside of my element football and baseball a little bit more my element I've spent more time in football locker rooms and baseball clubhouses than I have in NBA locker rooms so I'm just sitting there I'm going over my notes I'm talking with Sean he was producing the show and I look up and there's Neek and I was like oh there's Dominique Wilkins I got a picture of I'll send it to Connor um Dominique Wilkins and DeMar DeRozan like just talking about ball. And those are the types of interactions that you get an opportunity to witness if you go cover like a rando like NBA game. Like obviously Neek is in town because it's the Hawks, but seeing those two guys like interact with each other and seeing the look on DeMar's face when he turns around and he realized that it's Dominique Wilkins behind him was pretty dope. And then Patrick Williams was sitting right in front of us. With Mo Cheeks going over tape. So I was able to like eavesdrop in on that and see like some of the things that they were talking about on how to get out and guard and what to do in transition and what Trey Young likes to do. What are his tendencies? That sort of thing. It was and, and I got to be in on Billy's pregame press conference. I think he feel I think he felt like I was taking a shot. I asked a question at the end of it. I asked him about how well Kobe has been playing over the last three weeks, and he's like, well, he's been playing well all season. I'm like, I mean, come on. It's been, he did a great job while DeMar was out asserting himself offensively, but Billy brought up what you've been talking about with Kobe White. That they need his quickness? No, that he's been a a better defender. For sure. Better ball handler and better defender. So is Zach. Yeah, the ball handling eh, with Zach. He had another weird one where he just kind of threw, threw it, it away. away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a couple times where he turned to that corner, he's got the Luol Deng dribble going on. But 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 Zach has been better about staying in between his guy and the basket. It's it's so it was it was fun to be there and be in it. And obviously, like you know that 
the way that the Bulls go about the the game day aspect of it is nice. You, Dan, you've got more fans out there than I think you know. Huh? Uh, there are a lot of people because you know I'm I'm walking around. I don't have like tell a, that Bernstein he sucks. No, I know what my I know what they say. That's not what I heard last night. I I don't have like the hard plastic credential because you know I'm not a beat reporter or whatever. Right. But I've got my lanyard, and you know, I'm walking through, and I kept getting grabbed by security, and I'm like, oh, because you know, I'm not. They're not used to seeing me. They don't know who I am, like that sort of thing. And the guys were like, "Listen to you every day, man. That's cool. Like you and Dan, it's a good show. Nice. So, so shout out to Bull Security that that every time I was being grabbed, it wasn't because I was going to get. of a place is because people just wanted to say hi. And then I got like the biggest hug in the world from Adam Amin. Well, how can it be? He's like this tall. He is, you know, on the shorter side, but he, he is, has an abundance of love and he brought it over while I was starting up the show. And he's like, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> I want to get to the point where people stop asking me that. Like that lets me know that I haven't been to enough bulls games where I get the, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm sitting in the back of the room yesterday, and KC was like, wait a minute. If This must be a big game if you're here. I'm like, oh. Yeah, you know you're going to get that. I mean, I, See, I know that when I, took, when I took Jason, when we got our his first ever press pass as the Organizations Win Championships podcast, and we did a Windy City game. And just to get in the routine, I said, look, we're going to get there two hours early. Because that's when you want to be there because you never know what you're going to see because you're there early. You never know like what interaction right. you're going to witness. Right. And that's why I said we're and we're going to they were the only two credentialed media there. Literally. And they were very nice and they said you know, we don't get a lot of media here. They don't have a beat reporter. They don't have any regular media. So all right. And we, you know we, we found out where we were sitting. We walked around. We talked to Dale and Terry. We talked to some of the assistant coaches. It was great. And the so Jason's like, hey, do you think we'll be able to cover a Bulls game? And I said, yeah, let's let's get let's get a little rhythm on the podcast here. Let, let's get going a little bit and and, and you kind of get your feet wet doing this because I've said that you you know you're going to say stuff and then you'll be like, oh yeah, well that's the guy who said sucked last night. And now you're sitting in his locker, <laughs> and 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 that's and that's cool. That's all right. Exactly. Everybody gets it. Where everybody's a professional. People know. Yeah, most people know. Some people don't. Um, so yeah, right. You know, yeah. but, but, yeah, know but, but most people know, and, and it, it's fun. Like it was, it was fun to see like some of the routines too. Like what guys do in pregame, what shots are you shooting? Yes. It's so important. And it tells you so much. What shots are you shooting? What are coaches saying in games? This is what we want you to get good at. I used to watch Joakim Noah all the time and how hard he worked on expanding his offensive game and where he was on the floor. And you can tell the jack wagons, too. You can tell the 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 guys who are just screwing around. If it's a big man and all the big man wants to do is be in a three-point contest with the other you know, centers or your, your point guard's doing a dunk contest, you can always tell who's serious about their game and who's taking the who's taking shots they're preparing maybe for a specific opponent. Right. Maybe it's like, look, I'm going to need a back-down fadeaway in this matchup tonight. And you can always learn by saying, what's that guy working on? Zach was doing pin downs on the baseline, coming around them to just inside the three. And then he took some where he stepped 
outside and behind three. Because he uses uh, that jump step back sometimes. He, mm-hmm. can, he can catch there in, in a moment where it's either I've got an angle and I'm going to go and dunk it, or he does that, that big hop step, sort of unguardable move back. So a, a good time was had by all. I was able to do the show, and I talked with, with uh, Mitch and Porth. If they're more like 7 o'clock tips, like, I'll just do some of those. I mean, I'm part of this like mega group from 10 to 2, but I like to occasionally do my solo acoustic bit, you know, where I can... Coffeehouse stuff. Yeah. Right. right? I, I do my stuff from Love Jones. Six three zero here he goes. Why not stay for the game? Because your work is done. By the time the game starts, the the fun part's over. The reason, and I thought about staying for the game because they did do a tribute to Lynn, oh, and okay. and the tribute to Lynn was the first timeout of the second quarter. And I'm like, eh. but the reason that you that I personally don't stay for games is because of other things that we need to watch, and I want to hear what Adam and Stacy and Chuck and Bill are saying on the broadcast because there might be something inside the broadcast that we bring to the air. So it was cool. It worked out great. I was able to Mitchie shuffle my way back out gate three and a half. I was at home by the time the game tipped off. It, it was perfect. Ideal. Like I get there a couple hours before. I shake hands. I kiss babies. I see Dominique Wilkins. I take some some good photos and good videos, do my show, and then I'm out. The one thing you missed, though, have you seen what they're doing with the dance teams now? Yeah, I saw a little bit of their practice, and I didn't know that Chuck was so involved in some of the the stuff with the scoreboard. Like, I was sitting there talking to Chuck, and he's like, hold on a second, I got to do this thing. And I'm like, what's he doing? And there's like... um. There's a I forgot what it's called, but there's a run of statistics and then like a trivia question. And he's like, show me slide one. And then slide there's like five different slides. And I didn't know that that was part of like the in-game product that he's doing because obviously he's calling the game. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought all that stuff was recorded or And maybe it is. Canned. Maybe okay. it but but I I was like he was doing direction of it. Like before the game, I was like, man, that's really cool. Like some of the stuff. But I have I have not seen a full performance by the Lovables. And I know that you said that like that's something that's been very different. It's it's real dancing dancing. Now it isn't just TNA and big hair and stripper stuff like the NBA was for a while when everybody was trying to be the Laker girls. Right. Because we know that that's what the Laker girls were, and that was the whole idea. And now they've moved away from it to do grown-up stuff and interpretive stuff and and there's the 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 guys are, are do they have a squad and it's it's they're really good all right maybe i'll i'll pick a game that i could actually stay but i do like doing that i do like i think pre-game at nba is more interesting than post unless there's something crazy and then post game can be a whole lot of fun where obviously with football you don't get pregame, you get postgame, hopefully, sometimes. But it was it was a really cool thing, and I'm glad that the score let me do it. And again, shout out to Rich Wyatt, man. Like that dude, we were talking about You got some camera time last night. Yeah, he gets camera time a lot. And and he should. He's really good. And I I was seeing some of the redundancies that he has in place for broadcast. And I'm like, you can do that? So He's got two Comrexes mm-hmm. 
connected at all times. So if one of them goes down, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, you can do that? Yes, Lawrence, that's why you're not an audio engineer. <laughs> yeah, ideally, you're supposed to have two codecs because they, they do go out sometimes. They we do. Know that. And, and you know, everyone's running off of the you know, United Center stuff and everything. It was very cool to see that process play out. 847 was like, Bernstein, why the shot at Adam Amin? I said, wasn't it a shot? I mean, I mean it kind of was a shot. It kind of, but it's like, when I think of Big Hug. You're thinking Stacey King. John Vincent. Oh, God, he gives the best hugs. The, of all time. Yeah. Like you want to feel better about yourself and feel that all is good with the world. Run into John Vincent yeah. on a street somewhere. He, he didn't care where you are. Big John is the you, man. You are getting picked up and thrown around, and that is. It's like, been forever since I see you. Yeah, he's and like, I'm small. Please put me down. Yeah, but like, I mean, that that's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm sure it was it was heartfelt, and and it came from a true place. I'm not saying that's yeah, not the case. The, like, I'm just saying, but when when you when when John Vincent just sort of engulfs you, well, you know. Well, remember, I'm sitting down. So right. Adam Amin is able to like engulf me, but he's like one of my favorite people, and he is such like a star. Like he's like when I'm sitting there, there are people in the crowd oh, yeah. that are Adam, take a picture, sign this, blah, blah, blah. Like he is he is now part of that fabric, and you see how people react to him, and it's very cool. Do he and Stacey King have the biggest size differential, differential. of any broadcast partnership stacy's what 610 or is he a, is he I, is he a footer or is i think six nine six ten i'm not gonna guess a weight and adam's i know five, i know what his five? listed playing probably but i know what stacy's listed playing weight was just suffice it to say it's it's probably a little more than his listed playing weight well look you have to do some of this stuff i'm saying total mass like bob costas is teeny tiny and I wonder who he's, but he didn't have a regular yeah. broadcast partner. I mean, Smoltz is a lot bigger than him. So when they but would, it's, not, it's not it's not the same, right? That's the other thing. Like hanging around basketball players could really like mess up your mental, you know, like, because you're like, oh, look at this. You forget when, when, when like Ayo Desumu walks out and you think he's a little tiny guy. Like, no, no. That's, a, that's a large human being yes. compared to normal human being. That is correct. And I know that they've done, they've experimented with some stuff. And you don't see Caru- when you see Caruso and realize he's that he jacked. looks like a football player. Yeah. He's huge. Caruso looks like an NFL wide receiver. Huge. I mean, his arms are in like, and, and he's got to be the way he plays. He needs every bit of that. Apparently, great golfer too. Surprise me. Yeah, it, do- it, it doesn't really surprise me too. Oh, um, saw Mark Brady and Tamara Anderson. Two, Yesterday, two very underrated people in Chicago sports. Media. Yes, and and they were saying hey as well to the show. So uh, it was a lot. It was a really it was a cool thing. Uh, a cool, it's cool to be there. Like I really like. It's not necessarily for me cool to be at Soldier Field, and it's not as cool to be at Thirty Fifth and Shields or at Wrigley. But there is a coolness factor that is connected to the NBA. Yeah, that that it's. It's fun. And you can, I mean, I've always felt comfortable kind of striking up a conversation with anyone there. Like, I've never felt like, oh, I don't know. I got to hide my face or whatever. I was actually talking with Nate McMillan yesterday because we were walking in the hallway at the same time. I was like, I'm so sorry because I almost ran into him. And he's like, basically, like, how could you not see me? Because you're uh." right. Like, come on, man. But super nice, very sweet. 
It's a good time. Yeah, I wonder how long he's going to have that job. I don't think much longer. Dan. I don't either. I don't think you. You almost had a player mutiny. Um, at one point, dude went home. <laughs> Trey Young, like, I'm not coming to the game. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I'm just not. I, I'm All just right, not okay. going to be here. I'm not going to show up. Oh, okay. I, I am impressed, though. There, I want to spend some time on Patrick Williams. Because obviously, on this show, on the score, Bulls fans in general, we've all been waiting for Ferdinand the Bull to like show up. And I think that over the last few games, we've seen it. One of the vets on the Bulls spoke about this, and I'm so happy that he spoke about it because he spoke about it in the same way the rest of us speak about it. We will let you hear that next. It's Bernstein and Holmes here on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Bernstein at Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. An Odyssey station. station. Kick out, white, three ball, rim, no. But back to end and done. Weak side, baseline left. Patrick Williams with a slam. He has the physical tools to be an elite rebounder. He's got incredible jumping ability. He's physical. He's got that springiness where he doesn't need a lot of gather to, to you know, hit the, hit the floor and get up high. 
and, and do it uh, in succession. He's got the ability to you know jump quickly twice. So he's averaging 4.1 rebounds, and that's just too low for a starting power forward in year three. Agreed. That was Casey Johnson from Mully and Haw this morning talking about Patrick Williams. He's right. I mean, we we all say it about Patrick, and we all want to see him succeed because he seems like the nicest kid. You know, you see someone come in and handle themselves the way that he's handled himself, and you go, I want good things for that person. Like for them to maximize. And you also like look at the ingredients, and you go, Man, look at this. this six foot nine guy that can dribble and shoot and l- looks like he's powerful enough to be a, a big time rebounder. Smart, hard worker. Number four pick in the draft. Go and get you, it. And you're just like, when is it going to like unlock and turn on? And when will it stay on? Because we've all seen those moments like, ooh. When he has a game where it's like 12 and 7. Or- it isn't just that. Some of the rebounds that he gets are Kawhi-type rebounds. Mm-hmm. Are, are everybody else, get out of the way, give me that, go above everybody and rip it down. And you're just wondering, like, uh, why don't you do that every time and stuff? Why don't you do that at least more often? Right. Did I hear this right on the broadcast that uh-huh. like right now he's like 12th and 3-point shooting or something stupid like Yeah, it's like 42%, isn't he? I think he hit yeah, two of his four 40, yesterday. 42.3% from behind the arc. And 88% from the line. Yeah, man. Like, mm-hmm. you've got stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're not the only ones that have recognized this, Dan. Um, DeMar DeRozan, this is shout out to Darnell Mayberry, who had the video uh, of this. DeMar DeRozan was talking about Patrick Williams and our frustration is sometimes DeMar's frustration. What would a more consistent Patrick Williams mean for this team? Everything. His capability, both ends, it's unmatched. When he got it rolling, when he got it going, makes the game easier on all of us. You know, um, he take on a challenge defensively and offensively. You know, when he got it going, it just takes so much pressure off, you know, me, Zach, and Vooch. What stood out to you about him the last couple of Patrick, the last you know, handful of games? I think y'all don't see how much I, I, I get on his nerves. So I, re- I really get on his nerves. How do like, you do that? Really get on his nerves. So if he if he if he play bad or if he don't compete like like the way I know he could compete, it's it's, it's verbal abuse. <laughs> I ain't even talking about you. Shut up. <laughs> Who is he saying that to? <laughs> Who is that directed at? I don't know. I think Patrick Williams. This verbal abuse. <laughs> I ain't even talking about you. Shut up. Because somebody says what? Did you hear that? Somebody? Yes. Okay, play, play that again. He's saying something and somebody goes, what? This verbal abuse. <laughs> I ain't even talking about you. Shut up. <laughs> How can you not love DeMar? Like, for real. Oh, that's great. Well, he he went on and talked about, like, like the importance of that guy. Remember like, that he took Patrick Williams out to his place in L.A. and got him up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and it was, you know, got to get the eye of the tiger. And he went to the, the probably the scary gym where Rocky had to walk in and, and be and, out of his elements. And, and Paulie was like, I don't like these people. 
What we doing here? I don't like all these I don't people. like these people. And the Rockies, they probably don't like you either. He's like, what I do to them? What I do to them? I don't like their music. <laughs> you can't teach them how to swim. <laughs> I, I do like that juxtaposition where Apollo could swim well. Right. And Rocky was the guy that couldn't swim because, you know, ordinarily it's. I get in the pool with you. <laughs> But that's what that's what he did. He took Patrick Williams there to his gym to get him the eye of the tiger. And I don't know if he's got it yet. And that's why his frustration is our frustration when it comes to dealing with Patrick Williams. But it's good. It's good seeing him do that. Like really coming into his own, challenging people offensively, rebounding like like a monster. You know, that's what you want to continue to see him do and develop. And if they can do that, if he can find his spaces to do that while Zach is doing his thing, Vooch is doing his, it's hard because you got three guys that want the ball. You've got to go out there and earn some of those points. You will get the ball if you cut hard to the basket on the weak side. You will get the ball if it is off the rim on a rebound on either end of the floor. That's your time. That's your opportunity. And run the floor. These guys will find you. There's also a, a simpler solution to some of this that head coach Billy Donovan brought up as it pertains to Patrick Williams. I feel like he's gotten better. He's improving. You can see growth in him. You know, but th- that's what he's got to do. You got to feel him on the backboard. You know, he's got great explosiveness off the floor, and he's he doesn't need necessarily a, like a, a big gather or a long run to jump. He's really explosive off two feet, and when he gets in and makes those kind of efforts to get on the backboard, he really is an elite rebounder, and we need him to, to do that. I think he ended up with whatever it was, 18 points and, and 10 rebounds. But he's a guy that's got to try to go get double-figure rebounds for us. Um, I thought there were some opportunities for him offensively to drive it a little bit more, where he maybe settled a little bit. I think he'll get better there. But overall, you can see his growth and his improvement over, over the course of the season. What does he have to do to get double-digit rebounds like on the glass? I know you've talked about it. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go hard and he's got to go aggressive. Now, sometimes, the, 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 you know, like you can be in there defensively and, you know, on one side of the lane line, the ball goes to the other side. You're just not going to get it. But I think the more he can go to the glass offensively when he has opportunities to, to, to do that. But I thought he chased the ball tonight. You know, and when the ball was in around his area, he went and went, went up and grabbed it, you know. And listen, there's, there, there's going to be some nights rebounding-wise where the ball kind of somehow finds you and it's a little bit easier. But there's also some ones that you have to go get out of your zone a little bit and chase. And I thought tonight he chased a lot of those. Billy, when you talk about Patrick needing to just go on rebounds, is that like a hesitation thing? Is it timing? What do you think needs to kind of just improve there? No, it's just more like there's times, I think, inside the flow of the offense. And, you know, like if he's above the break or he's above the free throw line, those ones are really hard to go because you really hurt your floor balance a lot of times. But when he's like down in the corners or down on the baseline or below the free throw line area, there's, I think you, you get caught, like the, the game's going on and like sometimes you're trying to relocate or space or someone drives the ball and you're trying to give them an open outlet. And it's just the next instinct of, okay, this guy's going up to shoot. I've got to go to the backboard. And, you know, sometimes you're caught doing multiple things in, in a very short span of time. And, you know, it'd be like if he was running to go offensive rebound and the guy didn't shoot and he's supposed to be spaced on the perimeter to give the guy an outlet. You know, those are the kind of things where he's got to figure those out, where he can time up a little bit more of, of opportunities for him to go get them. That is 
Billy Skiles. Yeah, tell the story for the people who don't get the reference. Years ago, Scott Skiles was asked about Eddie Curry, and he was asked directly, what does Eddie Curry have to do to be a more effective rebounder? And Scott Skiles looked the reporter in the eye and said, jump. Yep. Oh, okay. That's what he has to do to be a more effective rebounder. He has to jump. And Billy came real close when he he's said go. that he's got to go. But he also said he can explode off of two feet and doesn't need a run-up to do that. That's telling him, jump. Just jump. You're better than these guys. Mm-hmm. So go be better. And in large part, bigger. Yes. I'm very curious on how tonight goes. Because this feels like the type of night where Billy was concerned. That's one of the things in the pregame. He was really concerned that the Bulls got scheduled back-to-back games after the trip from France. Well, Halliburton's still out, right? I believe so. But he was super concerned about that. And the Bulls, for the most part, I thought, had good legs in last night's game. Like, they weren't missing jump shots short, like that sort of thing. Guys were playing defense. They were defending the perimeter really well. They were running. So now you go, all right, now you're you're going down to Market Square. Is it still Market Square? What's it called now? No, it has I'm been so Market old. Square forever. Um, you're going down to Indianapolis. You're going to go play there and then go to Tiki Bob's. Are your legs going to be with you tonight? Or is it one of those clunkers that, that the three of us will be in here tomorrow and be like, oh, can you? Uh, of course, this Bulls team with their inconsistency gets beat by 20 points by the Pacers. It is now the Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Is that a person or a company? Uh, I don't know. I guess you don't really it was name ba- things it, after people. It was anymore. Banker. It was Conseco Fieldhouse. I remember Conseco. Then it was Banker's Life Fieldhouse. I can't believe I called it Market Square Arena. I loved Market Square Arena. Ah. God, that place got so loud, your skin would start tingling. That and. You you talk about the pregame stuff like the the hallways pregame that was like Market Square is like being on a submarine. Yep, where it's tiny little hallways, low ceilings, a lot of shoulder bumping. Yes, and 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 before a, a an Eastern Conference Finals game, I've I've told the story before, and I was sprinting because I had to do a report, and the phone didn't work. I had to get to a different phone to hook up my thing, to feed the sound, the whole thing, and I'm running, 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 and I've got my, you know, the, the thing and the stick and the tape recorder, and I pull up cartoon, like, slam on the brakes, and my nose stops millimeters away from Chuck Mangione's flugelhorn bell. <laughs> He was great. He was there to do the anthem, and he was practicing walking perpendicular to me in the hallway. And he he was just you know doing like the little the trumpet thing. You remember the it's famously yes. the, up, the upturned bell of this flugelhorn. And I was like, I mean, oh my god! I was like, oh hey, sorry man. Like hey, Chuck Mangione, go, go get him a nice. <laughs> And then you sprint it yeah, off right. <laughs> to go talk with that. Like that would die. That would have been the story if, if I broke my nose on it, right? Like that's what, what happened. You're not going to believe it. <laughs> I ran into, <laughs> literally ran into Chuck Mangione's flugelhorn. <laughs> yep. Mr. Mangione, you owe me a billion dollars. Broke my face. Yes. How dare you? Jerk. <laughs>
but it's that's the kind of thing where unless you're you know when covering the NBA playoffs, the only uh, Kenny G was in Seattle. Kenny G did the anthem in Seattle, and that's when I first learned what circular breathing was, because he held a the, note. the land of the free. And it just kept going. I'm like, this is one breath. And then somebody's like, well, actually, there's a technique called circular breathing that allows you to inhale and exhale at the same time. Did you know that he was an apprentice of Miles Davis? Kenny G? Uh-huh. He tells stories about it. And it's weird because one of the things that Kenny G is is kind of known for is a lack of soul. Kind of perpetrating as soul but in interviews i've heard him on the levitard show like he's really good like talking about and he tells these stories about miles davis and you're like wait you were an apprentice of miles davis wait his actual last name is gorelick i didn't know that what'd you think it was i I don't know but we might be related dude that's a story yeah because and he's and and He's Someone from, get Dr. Henry no, Louis I'm Gates serious. on the phone. We might be re- he and I might be related because yeah. there was my paternal great-grandmother was Ida Gorelick. And I know that people from her family did settle in Canada. Let's get your cousin Kenny on the phone. I, I, I swear to God, we might be shirt-tail cousins. I, I just said, let's get yeah. him so I can ask him questions about Miles Davis. And I actually, I actually found this out because on the air, I was talking about... Ray, get Kenny G on the phone. When, when I was talking about going to a bar mitzvah in Omaha, there was a, a, a listener downstate, uh, a retired judge, who, a guy named Stuart, who then sent me a fax, I think, at the time. And he says, wait a second. Ask if there are any people at this at this Omaha thing by the last name of this. I'm like, well, wait a second. I know that last name. And we did trace it back. And... We did find out we were cousins. All right. Well, then this is that. I think this is worthy of you exploring more. That's really interesting. If we find out that Kenny G is your cousin, then he can be on our show instead of the Levitard show, or I guess in conjunction with the Levitard show. And then we can talk with him about Miles Davis. I think our our grandparents were probably chased out of the, the same Eastern European towns by the same band of Cossacks. Sure. Right. Like, let's discuss that with him if he feels comfortable talking about it. And then, then we could find out if I'm related to TJ Holmes, and then we could have also a conversation about all sorts of things. The Oscar nominations are out, and I am so happy a certain movie got blanked. And this is not a match game bit. Like, they got blanked. Tylenol kicked in, haven't they? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm doomed. <laughs> High dude is next here on the score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? High noon is right now. It's ironic, isn't it? Because it's not noon yet. See, that's, that's kind that's of the, the bit. bit. That, that, that's what we do here. We started out by talking some White Sox. Also started by thanking you, the Bernstein and Holmes listener, for being aware and supportive and understanding yesterday as uh, Odyssey Chicago, WXRT, The Score, the, the these two stations that started together in the unassuming Quonset hut on, on Belmont Avenue came together to to grieve the, the loss of, of uh, someone immensely important in the history of Chicago radio to all of us uh, personally and professionally in Lynn Bramer. I just saw Lyle Lovett tweet about Lynn and Lynn Manuel Miranda tweet out a picture with Lynn. Mm-hmm. Like you, and you're seeing like around the music world for sure. Wilco, Jason, yeah. Juicy. I saw it was a Bob Mold. Yeah, like it's it's really nice that like ordinarily like I I don't want that. I do for Lynn. Like I want to see all of it. We also listened to stuff that Eloy Jimenez said one about saying he's getting ready to play right field and be the regular right fielder. Okay, great. No, thank you. <laughs> Uh, also, when asked who the team's leader would be in the, the wake of the uh, departure of Jose Abreu, he didn't have an answer. I don't know. That was pretty much it. And we discussed the Bulls. You are at United Center last night, and it was a nice win for the Bulls. Got an opportunity for four consecutive victories if they can knock off the Pacers in Indy tonight. It's Dan, things have not been going well for Tom Brady. He's knocked out of the playoffs. He looked bad. He looked every bit of 45. There's a lot of questions about what happens next. Obviously, the personal stuff that he's gone through with the breakup of his marriage. It's been rough. He does this podcast with Larry Fitzgerald and Jim Gray every week. And it's, you know, it's... Larry's your guy, isn't he? Yeah, I know Larry a little bit. And and it's just, you know, it's kind of just... It used to be... Remember, it used to be like the halftime thing on Westwood 1 where Jim Gray and Tom Brady would talk about football. And things would get odd sometimes between them because you never quite knew if the, 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 they were operating on the, sort of the same level. Right. And that happened in the latest episode of the podcast. Here's Jim Gray asking the question of Tom Brady that obviously if you do the podcast with Tom Brady that you're going to ask him. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career. Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. What the hell, man? And I thought that Jim asked that question like the nicest open-ended way possible. Yeah. I felt like that was an illegal crackback by Tom Brady. I, I'm in the process of making that decision. Thank you for asking. It just reminds me, Jim Gray is really good at these moments. Like, he's quick, and he's good at diffusing them, or in some cases, not diffusing them. Like, 
when Adrian Bronner and him got into it after a match. What did you think about the fight? What you, I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him. You averaged eight punches. Less than eight punches was the most punches that you had in the round, and it seemed as though you couldn't get it close enough. Like, it already sounded like you was against me. So I already ain't, I already, I already ain't got a fair fact. shake talking to you. But let me talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Y'all know I beat that boy. They trying to, what they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd. But it's cool. I ain't worrying about it. I'm still that man. I'm on top. Cincinnati, stand up. West side. Two, five. You're three, three, and one in your last seven fights. What will you do next? Hey, I'm three, three, and one in my last seven, but I'll be seven no against you. Well, that wouldn't mean much. That's the end of this interview. <laughs> Kevin Hart in him, doesn't he? I yes, he does. Yeah. That's that's a good call. Yeah. I I love that interview with him. That and doesn't mean much. Doesn't it doesn't mean much if you beat me seven times? You're finished as a fighter, sir. I quickly have a a Jim Gray Tom Brady moment that is one of my favorite uh, in the history of hearing it on the score in Westwood One. It was after the the Super Bowl 2018, and so the Patriots win the Super Bowl and. Jim Gray, you know, the, the booth tosses it to Jim Gray, but Jim Gray is trying to get to Tom Brady and the, he's trying to get through the scrum and he's yelling his name and he's like, Tommy, Tommy, Tom, Tom. <laughs> and we have a Wilson! little bit of it. Wilson! Let's go, teammates. They're having a huge scream out down here. Tommy, Tommy, how would you describe this moment, Tommy? How would you describe it? And it's unreal, man. Unreal. What a game. Just it didn't look good for a while, and we lost Gronk, and guys battled it out. So great win. Jim Gray. He though, got it though. He, he did, he but it. It, there were a lot more Tommies. There was quite the effort to get to <laughs> just to that point where he got through the scrum and finally got to Tommy. Tommy. He, you know what he sounds like? Here's what. Can I offer a production item? You got to put the Tommy with mommy from Family Guy and Stewie. Mommy, mommy, ma, ma. You got to do that. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. What they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd. But it's cool. I ain't worrying about it. I'm still that man. I'm on top Cincinnati. Stand up. West side. The Oscar nominees are out. Best Picture, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Top Gun Maverick, let's go. And did Angela Bassett get nominated for Wakanda Forever? I'll run through here the main categories. Best Director, Martin McDonough, Banshees of Sharon, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheiner to Everything Everywhere, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. Best Actor, Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nye. Best Lead Actress, Kate Blanchett, Anna de Armas, Andrea Riseborough, Michelle Williams, and Michelle Yeoh. Best, Love Michelle Yeoh. Best Supporting Actor, Brendan Gleeson, Brian Tyree Henry, Judd Hirsch, yeah. Barry Keoghan, and Kei Hui Kwan. If, short round. That's short round. 
from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Okay, it's in a Sheeran. In a Sheeran. And it's Keon. Key, Barry Keon. Hey, yeah. Hi, Shane. Shane. Hey, guys. Hey. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wait. Hold on. Supporting, oh, act, more. supporting actress Angela Bassett. Yay! Hong Chow, Carrie Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Stephanie Sue. And, if, and I'm scrolling all through here. Adapted screenplay, original screenplay, cinematography. Guess what didn't get a nomination? And I was concerned that it would because I saw a lot of predictions saying it would. Nope. Yeah, I wasn't interested in the least. Nor should you be. I was so concerned that because of Daniel Kaluuya's star power and because of... A, a lot of performers because, that I like, and I just felt like this is not worth my time. No, and, and, and I like Kiki Palmer too, but she's not a good actor. And Daniel Kaluuya, all he did was sort of drop his chin to his chest and mumble the entire time. And yeah. I've, and, and the movie's a total mess. Yeah. So I'm glad it didn't get now. And I, and I just, I want, I want this. My, I, I'm thinking of Jordan Peele now like I am Patrick Williams. Just like, I need DeMar DeRozan to just be on him. It's like, well, he, he did that comedy with Regina Hall and, uh, oh man, what's my man from St. Louis, the, the dude on Us. Uh, I can't think of the name of, uh, I, Ster, Sterling K. Brown. And it's supposed to be hysterical. Uh, great. I just, when it comes to these movies, self-edit. He needs someone around to say, you can't do all these things and you can't do all, this doesn't work and this doesn't work and you think this is scary and it's not scary. Are you going to see the M. Night Shyamalan movie? No. Okay. I haven't seen a movie of his ever. Never? Never. You didn't see The Sixth Sense? I didn't. Because Roger Ebert ruined it for me. Oh, yeah. Wait, did he say what happened? Kinda. Aw, boo! He didn't. Legend. He didn't, but he got too cute. Got very creative with the words, and then you were able to decipher and it. And it wasn't my intent, but I'm like, damn it, Roger. Come on. Boo! Do me dirty. To Gary Cooper, the strong, silent type. Boo! Happened to him. I think he's dead. Well, very silent. <laughs> That's about as, it's about as well, silent as it gets. That'll do it for me. <laughs> Next up, we have some Cubs thoughts because we did. We t- talking White Sox makes us all want to throw up. So maybe we'll feel better talking about the Cubs ahead of Josh Nelson in studio twelve twenty five to talk more White Sox on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.